Hey, Salt Lake, at the risk of being too personal, is your mattress sagging? If you are rolling into a taco every night, I am begging you to visit your local mattress warehouse and just try something a little firmer. Your spine is the center of your being, and I don't just want you to have good posture. I want you to Disney princess your way around this city, flush with optimism from a good night's sleep. Visit mattresswarehouseutah.com to find the location nearest you. That's mattresswarehouseutah.com. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. When the temps heat up and so does the pavement, it's easy to notice what parts of our city have more trees than others. It's called tree equity. And it's one reason Salt Lake City Mayor Erin Mendenhall launched her 1,000 Trees Initiative, promising to plant more shade on the west side. But who is watering those trees? It's Wednesday, May 3rd. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Lead producer Emily Means, your reporter instincts kicked in when you got an itch, let's say, about Mayor Mendenhall's 1000 Trees Initiative. Why? Where did this come from? I needed to scratch that itch, Uh Allie. Yes. So Mayor Erin Mendenhall is really, really proud of this program. During her first election campaign, she promised she would plant a thousand trees on the city's west side to address uh, shade equity over there. It's just a matter of fact that the west side has fewer trees than the city's east side. And we kind of like see this play out in many different ways in this city. But... She mentioned it again during her State of the City address in January as something she was really proud of. She also mentioned it in her recent re-election campaign announcement. But, Allie, and this is where the the itch came in that I needed to scratch, I have seen some discourse (laughs) on Twitter about trees planted as part of this program and concerned that they've been dying. So I just wanted to check in and see what's up with these trees. First of all, do we know how many trees they have planted so far? Uh, Like, have they hit a thousand? Yes. So the first year in office, Mayor Mendenhall's first year in office, she reached that goal, a thousand trees, and then she's re-upped it every year since. So she's been in office since 2020. Mm -hmm. So she should be working on, what, her 4,000th tree this year? Wow. That is a lot of trees. So what's their approach then? Like, how are they going about this? Okay, so the city loves trees. <laughs> let's just let's just get that out there. Trees are good. We're tree people. Yes, we're tree people here and trees are good for lots of reasons. I learned more about trees than I ever knew possible, <laughs> Allie, in trying to report this story. Um, one, they're beautiful. Two, they do a lot in terms of heat reduction and in a couple of ways. So you can directly benefit from trees shade, right? Like by standing under their leaves. And, you know, you you experience heat reduction in that way. But also, fun fact, trees release moisture into the air. So you kind of get like this swamp cooler effect. Mm. Even if you're not directly under the tree, you're benefiting from, you know, the cool moisture that's released by the tree. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, and something we desperately need in an increasingly aridifying climate, which we've got in the West and particularly in Utah. 
Yes, absolutely. We live basically in a desert. And um, some other reasons why trees are really important to us in Salt Lake, you know, we have terrible air quality here. Yeah, they heard. do a lot for air pollution. Yeah, I don't know if you've, you've, <laughs> you've choked on that air before, but uh, trees trees work on that for us as well. They also mitigate noise pollution, yeah. which I thought was kind of cool. But the interesting thing about Salt Lake City's urban forest is that it was basically completely created by people for people. And I talked to Tony Goliath, who is the city's urban forester, who called it a Salt Lake legacy. So unlike in lots of places where trees kind of grow naturally uh, and, and, and cities are carved out of forests, there was no forest here um, uh, to speak of. And in this arid, unforgiving valley that, that, that people decided to settle in, they started planting trees immediately. Are the trees that the city is currently planting now the same trees that we started planting in the city in the beginning of this like human forest, what would you call it, forestification of Salt Lake? The city plants lots and lots of different kinds of trees. So I asked Tony what kinds of trees are handy to have in Salt Lake. And, you know, there are some in Utah that are native to Utah. Mm -hmm. But he said that we have like one of the most diverse tree ecosystems possibly on the continent. So, yeah, it just kind of depends, you know, like maybe a certain type of tree does a little bit better near the Jordan river maybe Mm. it does a little bit better near to the foothills Mm -hmm. but yeah there's a ton of diversity in the types of trees that they're planting here in salt lake and i wanted to know like what the history the five-year history of our tree planting has looked like in the city yeah and they have really amped up the number of trees that they've been planting so tony goliath told me in 2015 they were actually losing more trees than they were planting. So there was a net loss, which kind of blew my mind. Yeah. I don't know about you, Allie, but when I look at a tree, I'm like, oh, that tree's been here forever and it probably will be here forever. Not so. Turns out trees are living organisms and just like anything, they die. And they die for a number of reasons. It could be because they're suffering from some sort of disease or from some sort of pests, but also cars run into them. Mm. Apparently, we have a huge problem here in Salt Lake with cars just like knocking down trees. I mean, I can't say I'm surprised when we've got cars like driving into, you know, subways in South yes. Salt Lake and yes. Estee pizzerias. Like, why not a tree? Yeah, why not? Why not? Fair game. Yeah. And then the other big reason that trees die here in the valley is because they don't get enough water. And that's not a surprise because we do live in this semi-arid desert climate. So that's kind of what the city wanted to address and partially what the mayor wanted to address with her initiative. So once the mayor's initiative came around, they ended up planting more trees than ever. So they're now planting around 2,500 a year. And so they're not even breaking even. They're growing the urban forest that we have here. Salt Lake City, what if this is the year you host Easter dinner or brunch? Harmon's makes big meals easy to prepare with delicious holiday specialties made from scratch. 
Just heat and serve, baby. Lay a pre-cooked honey ham on the table and absorb the compliments from your family or friends. They don't need to know you napped instead of staring down the oven. And if you're not the host but need something to bring, here are just a few of my favorite spring ideas. First of all, Harmon's fragrant Easter lilies will impress anybody's mom or delight a neighbor. Now there's no need to even heat up a pre-made side like deviled eggs or fresh cut pineapple, but bonus points if you transfer them into your own dish. And as listeners of this show well know, I will lose my mind if you show up to my house with Harmon's hot cross buns. I invite you to make some new Easter traditions with Harmon's. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Okay, but you mentioned off the top that one of the reasons you got a bee in your bonnet about this program is that you saw chatter on Mm. Twitter and other places about this program being maybe not all that it was hyped up to be or maybe not as successful as it was being touted. What did you find? Did you did that check out? Well, good question, Allie. So I mentioned that one of the ways trees die is by not getting enough water. So I asked Tony Goliath, the urban forester, who is in charge of watering these trees? Like we have this beautiful, vast urban forest here in Salt Lake. That's a lot of trees that need to be watered. And so what I learned is that in Salt Lake City, generally, property owners are the ones who are responsible for watering trees. So if we're talking about trees in Liberty Park Mm -hmm. or Jordan Park or whatever it might be, the city waters those trees. If we're talking about trees in your backyard, you water those trees. Right. But then there is this limbo space, the park strip. Right. And so that's the little piece of land that's between the street and the sidewalk. And those trees that are planted in the park strip are technically city-owned. But... Residents are responsible for watering them. So even though it's a city tree, it's not the city going down every single street in Salt Lake and, you know, standing out there with a watering can, watering all the trees in the park strips. That's the resident's responsibility. And this is kind of where that concern comes in, Allie. Yeah. And that's the same way that um, residents are responsible for their street lamps. And for shoveling the snow off the sidewalks, even though we don't own the sidewalks. Right. I mean, this does kind of track, but is also still a little bit surprising. Okay, so we also, to be honest, are living in a time of like increasingly policing each other's water use. And frankly, like if I saw a neighbor standing out on the park strip, just like running a hose, watering a tree, (laughs) I don't know. It's possible that I would like be kind of annoyed about that. Right. Or like it's possible you even get reported like there's a website for reporting people that are watering their lawn in the middle of the day. That's a really good point, Allie. And it's something that Tony suggested was kind of one of the problems with keeping our trees alive, because as we've come to conserve water more, as we're embracing our brown lawns more, Mm. 
people don't realize that like trees still need to be watered. So, right. you know, they're, they might be turning off their sprinklers and then the tree is going without. And so it really does take a concerted effort to keep trees alive. And this is kind of where some of the concerns about equity come into play. So I talked with Alessandro Rigolon, who is a professor at the University of Utah. He does a lot of research on green space in urban areas. And he says this 1000 Trees Initiative in Salt Lake City is not unique. Like in LA and New York, they've had million tree initiatives. And these are very well-intentioned, right? Because it's about increasing green space. It's about increasing access to shade. But it's not always well-executed because in asking lower-income residents to take care of trees, like, there's just a disparity in terms of time and money that it takes to keep these trees alive. Say that a person is a single parent or and or working you know, like two, three jobs to make ends meet. Uh, the schedule of watering the tree three or four times a week kind of falls through the cracks or is more likely to fall through the cracks than somebody else who maybe works from home. Well, and it's interesting as well, because one of the things that we hear from a lot of water activists in this city is that in response to the increasing aridification of our state and our state's ongoing drought and water crisis is that we need to make water more expensive. Water's too cheap in Utah. Water's too cheap in Salt Lake. We need to make water more expensive is often touted as a potential solution. But like, here's an example of where the rubber could really meet the road with that. Maybe we lose our, start losing our trees because people are like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to pay to water that thing. So I asked Alessandro if he has any trees and he said he actually recently planted 10 trees on his property. He waters each of them for about five minutes every other day. So for him, he's spending about an hour every other day to maintain these trees. He does have 10 trees, though, to be fair. Whoa. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So much time. So much effort. Yeah, that's like a part-time job. That's like board service kind of commitment. Yeah. Yeah. So how does the city decide where to plant trees? Is it willy-nilly? No, they're not just like running around being like, oh, I'm going to put a tree here. I'm going to put a tree here. So I asked Tony Goliath, the urban forester, like what the process looked like before the 1000 Trees Initiative. And he said before that, people exclusively requested them. Hmm. They were like, you know what? I know how much time and effort it takes to maintain a tree. I want the city to plant one for me. I'm going to maintain that thing. But then with the 1000 Trees Initiative, Tony said that they started being more proactive and they were like, you know what? I think a tree would be really great here in this neighborhood. And then they would ask whoever lived there if they wanted a tree and if they wanted to take care of it. But there wasn't really that same amount of buy-in as when people were requesting trees for themselves. And so that's kind of where, you know, we've seen some trees here and there dying because people haven't been watering them because they just really didn't understand what went into keeping the tree alive. So it's not just a willy-nilly thing. They are asking the people most impacted by the tree if they want the tree. Okay. But maybe there wasn't enough of an explanation of what it took to keep it alive. So, I mean, you mentioned that the city is in like year three now 
three and onward of this program, have they started implementing different tactics or solutions to make sure that these trees do have a fighting chance? So the city just announced a new program called Keep Your Cool. And (laughs) (laughs) I know, cute, right? Yeah. (laughs) And they're going to be doing outreach specifically to educate people about watering park strip trees. So that's where we see most of the issue because there is that confusion. Is this the city's tree? Is this my tree? What's my responsibility? So they really are trying to get people to buy into what Tony called the legacy of of Salt Lake's urban forest. They're also doing more targeted watering in parks. I actually thought this was really cool, Allie. So basically they're doing like drip irrigation directly to trees in parks. Oh. So that if they have to turn down like their sprinkler system, you know, and and that grass in parks goes brown, they can target trees directly with the water they need to survive. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, drip irrigation is the hottest trend in water-conscious farming. As we know, we did a show about it. Yes, exactly. So I I thought that was really neat. Yeah, that is neat. So what does success look like at this point? Is it like the same amount of trees everywhere? Is it a tree on every 10 feet of the city? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's maybe a little more philosophical than that, Okay. <laughs> but I did ask um, both of these experts, Alessandro Rigolon, our academic expert, he suggested we should measure success based on how many trees survive. But Tony Goliath from the city says success is really growing our urban forest. So we are acknowledging that trees are going to die. But if we put more stems in the ground than trees die. Yeah. That's what success looks like to him. And Mm. I do think this new Keep Your Cool educational program is something that they're really going to put a lot of time and energy into because, you know, we don't want to see trees die if they don't have to. But really, it's about growing this urban forest and making sure it's around for generations of Salt Lakers to come. Lead producer Emily Means, thanks for being on the tree beat. Digging into these rumors. Dipping my tone to the tree beat. Salt Lake City wants to make downtown even greener. And one way they're testing the waters is with the Green Loop, a temporary pop-up park on 2nd East by the Downtown Library. It opened on Monday and features a small stage, a badminton court, lunchtime food trucks, live music on Wednesday and Saturday evenings, And you guessed it, 190 trees. If the Green Loop is a temporary success, Mayor Mendenhall would like to explore making it a permanent installation. On the note of tree equity, the nonprofit American Forest does tree equity scoring for every city in America. I looked up Salt Lake and was actually surprised how well we scored. The whole East Bench, plus Rose Park, Fair Park, and Glendale, got a 100%. But the numbers start to drop off in South Salt Lake. They got a 51. And Murray, 34%. Not great. I dropped a link in the show notes if you want to dig into the map more. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Quick favor to ask you, if you like this show, will you please give us five stars on Spotify? Maybe even leave a nice quick review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Thank you very much for doing that. It's a tiny step, but it makes a huge difference for us. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye.